Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo, Episode 3, and I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro. Please follow me on Twitter at DMalbro, connect with me on LinkedIn, and also please consider joining my LinkedIn group, Backup and Recovery Professionals, which currently has about 16,000 professional members worldwide. Today on Data Protection Gumbo, I have the pleasure of speaking with Gerard Nickel, CEO of Gazillabyte LLC, which is based out of Denver, Colorado. Gazillabyte LLC develops and supports the tape track suite of distributed tape management products. And as the CEO of the company, he is responsible for a team of employees, customer success, and for growing the company and profile of the product. Mr. Nichols started out as an Australian ZOS systems programmer and now has advanced skills in assembler and C programming. He started his career at the very bottom of the enterprise, computing food chain, clearing printers and mounting tapes, and quickly progressed through the ranks of computer operations, becoming proficient in process automation using Rex and then assembler programming. Through his 25-year working life, he has worked for companies such as EDS, IBM, Storage Tech, New Dimension Software, and the NSW Police Force. So, without further ado, here's the interview with Mr. Gerard Nickel. So good morning or good afternoon, Gerard, and welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, and good morning to you. All right, let's go ahead and jump right in since um, you are called the Tape Whisperer, and I guess that's your LinkedIn moniker. So tell me the story behind the Tape Whisperer. Um, well, I started, off, um, I started off in IT quite accidentally. Um, I was pursuing a career in, in something else, and, and while I was going to school, I, um, I took a job working in a computer room. Um, and you know, part of that job was was uh, feeding tapes into tape drives and pulling tapes back out of tape drives and sending them off site. Um, and just a, as luck would have it, over the the years, um, I just kept coming in contact with large quantities of computer backup tapes. So um, okay. for the last fifteen years, I've really been dealing with computer backup tapes ex- ex- exclusively. Um, so, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily set out to, to, to form a career in, in computer backup tapes, um, right. but it pays the bills and, um, it's a great little niche because, um, there, there's a lot more to computer, computer backup tapes than most people realize. Gotcha. So is the tape whisperer kind of like, um, the little boy in that movie that said, "I see dead people," so you can see the actual read and write speeds on uh, tapes. Or yeah, yeah, I, I, I see tapes. Um, <laughs> and, and and strange as it might seem, um, once you get good at, at what you're doing, um, a lot of people, even the people who realise that they have problems with their tape libraries, um, really don't see the, the scope of that problem. So I've quite literally gone into customers who believed they had. 50,000 computer backup tapes and a week later I've left with them knowing they have 200,000 computer backup tapes. Um, so in that sense, you know, with the analogy of the, of the movie, um, you know, I do see tapes that other people don't see. Um, 
Okay. You'll walk past a door and you, you'll just ask that question, you know, what's that locked door in, in the, the, the corner? And they go, oh, that's where we store all of the old mainframe tapes. And you open right. the door and you, you'll find another twenty or 30,000 mainframe tapes. Um, and, you know, you'll, you, you kind of learn the patterns that people have that, um, you know, if there are, a, a, you know, IBM say, I think IBM was saying at one stage that all but one of the Fortune 500 companies have a mainframe. Um, I'm right. not sure if that's urban legend, but um, so there must be one of the Fortune 500 who don't have a mainframe. But chances are that if you're in a Fortune 500 company, they do. So if you go in and you're looking at, you know, 100,000 Tivoli storage manager um, tapes and you know that it's a Fortune 500 company, the obvious question to ask is, well, what do you do with your mainframe tapes? And right. that's where they take you off to another room and you find the, the, all of the mainframe tapes. So you do learn okay. the patterns and you, you do see tapes that other people don't see. Okay, well, great. So, um, I, I guess, what do you say to people that say uh, tape is dead? Because you, you kind of hear that a lot now. Um, we, we, we do hear that a lot, although we hear it a lot less now than what we were hearing it 10 years ago. Um, mm -hmm. Really, you know, I think for the, for the people who are, in, you know, invested in the tape industry, um, they ignored people saying that tape was dead because they just knew that it wasn't. Um, right. That if if you're working, you know, with customers who have you know huge quantities of data, um, you just know that they can't survive without tape. So for for all too long, I think that you know the the, the people who were saying that tape was dead were, were kind of laughed off um, by the people who knew that it wasn't, mm -hmm. but they were listened to by other people. So you know, slowly, I think there's two things have occurred. The first thing is that you know, the, the tape industry has started, you know, pushing back a little and, and, and saying that, you know, look, you've been saying it's been dead for a long time and it's clearly not dead. Um, right. But, you know, that they have that confidence of being able to, to step up and, and have the evidence before them. Um, so, you know, tape, tape predates disk. That if, if you look at, you know, the, the, the first, you know, IBM operating systems were, were, were not DOS-based systems, they were TOS based systems. They were tape okay. operating systems. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that the fact that tape was there first, the people who are involved in tape just expect that it will be there forever. Um, and they, they took it for granted that everyone else agreed with them. Um, but, you know, the, the people who were pushing a, a disc agenda, um, you know, they got a lot of traction. And, um, you know, they, they did you know, make a lot of money out of it, but, um, you know, the fact that tape is still here and, you know, tape sales have never really dropped off, that, you know, if you talk to the people who actually track, you know, the trajectories of, of these technologies, you'll see that, that there, there was never a drop-off in tape. Um, okay. That, you know, that there was no kind of blip there where, um, you know, tape, you know, it kind of steadily grew, but it never plummeted. Um, it, it's just that you know, disk, um, disk-based technologies really, with um, the, that explosion of, of online data with the internet, um, they just kind of e exploded at a, at a at a quicker rate. Um, and but then also, what happens is that when you have these explosions in data, 
the provisioning for the backup of that data and the archiving of that data is often an afterthought. So right. what you've seen is you've seen, seen tape really stay steady, disk explode, and now you're seeing that tape is coming through and mopping up um, the backup and archive of that disk explosion from, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, so really, to, you know, in a, I've answered in a very long, long-winded fashion, but um, really, it, it, to answer your, your question um, in, in short terms, that, you know, to the people that say tape is dead, um, I would basically say to them that, you know, really, um, you know, the days of you being able to say that are gone. Right. Um, because it never went away and, you know, it, it's, it's growing um, as we speak. Okay, sure. Not, not a problem with a, um, a long-winded response. So I, I, I have one back at you here. So, uh, you know, as a backup administrator, um, you know, I get frustrated working with tape because of the physical component, right? And, you know, you have read-write errors, you have, you know, tape drives break on you, uh, you have to make sure the tapes are ejected and prepared for Iron Mountain, you have to make sure they're entered into the inventory for tracking purposes. So it's a long list of steps that you, you need to take in order to maintain tape. Um, so my question is, how dependable is tape compared to disk, and is one more the dependable than the other, in your opinion? Well, I think that the statistics would indicate that that tape is actually more dependable than disk. Um, but disk, in a way, kind of gets pampered a little bit. Um, so the, the first thing is, is that, you know, these days, disk is, is all RAID disk. So mm -hmm. if you had non-RAID disk, so you had, you know, disk that you weren't able to swap out without, you know, having, having an outage, um, that you would actually find that, you know, that, that disk problems were more visible to you. Okay. So, you know, the, the, the first thing is, is that the disk is kind of shield, shielded by, you know, the technological um, advances that have been put in place to make disk more robust. Okay. So really, you know, when I first started working in computers, we used to use removable disk packs. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, for people who you know, are too young to know what they are, you know, they, they were a disk unit that, that really kind of looked exactly like a washing machine. Um, and what you would do is you would get, uh, you would get a, a disk drive which looked, it probably would have been close to a foot high um, and about as round as a, an LP record, if you're old enough to remember what an LP record was like. And okay. what you would do is there was a plastic cover that came on that and you would drop that into the washing machine drum and you would screw the disk drive in and you would power that disk up. Now, in a given night of operations, we'd normally lose two or three of those disks. And the engineers would come in. They not only had to replace often the disk packs, but they also had to replace um, the heads on the drives because once you, once you had a head crash, as they'd call it, um, it had it'd shower the disk with, with head and then they'd have to come and replace the, the read-write heads. Now, you know, tape at the time, um, really, you know, the I.O. errors were absorbed. Um, if you had a bad piece of tape, the, the tape would, would, you know, would basically rewind and, and, and rewrite the data. Um, so, you know, really in those days, 
disc was was a lot less robust than what tape was, but a lot of that reason was that they were removable disc packs. So it, it was the the big problem with that disc was the fact that you were putting them in and out of drives all of the time. Okay. Now, if you kind of continue that on today, that if you've got an array of of disc then you know you're going to lose disk from time to time you know your management software is going to tell you that you've got a raid disk out an engineer comes pulls the drive out puts a new one in it rebuilds itself and and you're up and running again so you know disks go out just as tapes go out um but the advantage that disk has is that disk is fixed right so you know it's not being dropped it's not being thrown around it's not being put in the back of a truck and shifted back mm-hmm. and forth so uh, tape doesn't have that advantage that um you know the very n- the nature of tape is that you back up to tape you get it taken out of the drive it gets archived off somewhere it might get put in a truck it might get dropped by operators um so really you know all things being equal i think you could argue that disk and tape were are pretty much equivalent as far as robustness goes it's just that the way that the the media is used makes you know take tape has to take a huge battering that disc no longer has to take now gotcha. as far as um as far as the problems that people have with tape um a lot of those problems you know if they if they even exist today are really to do with you know bad processes and, and under provisioning that okay. if you look at um where really tape tape got a bad name when there was an explosion of of different tape technologies so if 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 i don't know if you remember back to the old sort of windows windows 95 days um do. which is you know like 20 years ago now um am i doing my calculations right <laughs> yeah it is that's uh, 20 years ago <laughs> um i don't know if you remember you know windows 95 used to come on about 20 floppy disks and yeah. what would happen is you know you'd install windows 95 windows 95 have a problem you'd end up having to form, format the drive and put windows 95 on again yeah. um and and as windows has progressed you know i probably have to reinstall um windows 8 about once every year once a year windows 8 just decides to stop working the recovery process never really works So you just think look now's a good opportunity for me to format the drive and you know install windows 8 again. But if you look back to the days of windows 95, we're installing windows 95 about once a week. Um and it wasn't a, you know it wasn't a pretty pretty thing to witness because you know it involved feeding in 20 floppy drives. It took, kind of took you know a lot of people who are good at PCs today are good because of the time they invested in constantly rebuilding windows 95. Gotcha. Now what happened was that you know because the the disk drives were low capacity people needed to do backups there was a a consumer market there for consumer based tape drives so what you could do is for a few hundred dollars you could buy your, yourself an 8 mm backup drive um you plugged it into your computer and then you actually went out and bought you know 10 dollar cartridges 8 mm cartridges which were the exact same cartridges that you'd put in your little Sony um Sony HD um video camera. So, okay. you know, you could go out on the weekends and record someone's wedding and then you could come home and you 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 could do a a digital backup on exactly the same media. 
Mm-hmm. Now, those drives, they, they were consumer-based drives. They weren't great quality. And people never invested in backup software. They'd use NT Backup that came with, with, with Windows. It was bad software. It was ba- bad tape technology. And a lot of people who base their, their bias against tape base it on that experience that they had with that consumer-based technology in, in the 90s. Now, okay. we don't base our impression of Windows operating systems based upon the bad experiences we had reinstalling Windows 95 once a week. Right. But we kind of understand that, you know, it was, you know, Windows 95 in the Windows world was a huge jump up from DOS and Windows 3.1, and people love the technology as it, as it changes and we even accept today that we might have to reinstall Windows um, Windows 8 once a year. It's a pain. I don't know why we have to do it, but I know in my mm-hmm. case, once a year, my computer just, just kind of stops working. Um, I think it's just, just the nature of technology. So, and, and, you know, when you think about it, it probably starts w- stops working because I've got some minor problem with the, the solid-state drives that I have in my computer. Um, okay. So if, if you think about it, because compute, because hard drives are in that kind of online world, when when we go out to you know United's website and we 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 buy a plane ticket, and every mm-hmm. once in a while we get that message back that says, you know, we couldn't complete your transaction. Right. Who would know whether that was a disk problem? I hate it, that. It might be. It might <laughs> be an application problem. It might be a disk problem. It could be a bit of both. Um, yeah. But. We, we just kind of we expect that every once in a while when we go and we buy something online that every once in a while there'll be a problem with the credit card processing or, or whatever and we just go back and, and we retry if the site's down for a day we might get a little upset but we just right. kind of take it take it in our stride um, well I think what's happened is that we have this perception of tape really which is embedded in in twenty year old thinking. But if you actually go out into the enterprise space, you know, I, I started working on mainframes and the way mainframes are, are designed, you know, tape is part of the fabric of the mainframe. So what happens is, you know, when you, everything's a little hard to do on a mainframe. So firstly, you know, I'll get that out of the way that, that mainframes are not easy, yeah. easy to use. In fact, I think, you know, most mainframers are quite proud of the fact that they're actually quite difficult to use. So okay. in, the, in the mainframe space, we just, we just expect that tape works. It never didn't work. Um, but the reason that we have that expectation is because the, the tape drives that are used in mainframes were always enterprise-class tape drives. Okay. That, that no Fortune 500 company has you know $100 million worth of mainframe technology plugged into you know, USB drives or, um, you know, SCSI-attached $200 8mm drives. Um, okay. So, you know, that, that's, that's, that's kind of in, in the, 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 you know, the big boys world of IT, tape never, right, tape right. never had a bad name. Um, where it had a bad name was really in smaller companies where, you know, they didn't have good software they didn't have good um they didn't have good tape drives and you know that they really were struggling to kind of keep up with you know the 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 challenges that are quite unique to tape you know i think that people think that 
if they've got all of their data on disk and then they've got it backed up to disk, and especially now with virtualized tape, tape virtualized virtualized tape once again is disk. Right. Now there's a belief that you know if if you're a huge bank and every piece of data you have is on disk, there's this belief that if you've got enough copies of it, you'll never lose it. Yeah. But, you know, a hacker could get in and a hacker could delete the data. Um, if it's on virtual tape, then that, 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 um, that virtualization layer could stop them getting at the disk. But yeah. you never know. You never know that as long as that data is online, there's a risk that you can lose it. Uh, I was going to ask you, it's leading along the same lines as the virtualization of tape. Um, so do, do you think that, uh, I guess tape will always be around and needed since some companies are really moving data to the cloud and these purpose-built backup appliances at an alarming rate. You think they're going to stay around for a while, the tape? Definitely. I, I think that um, the, the thing that needs to be understood um, about um, tape and disk you know, in a way, it's kind of like that. You know, the the d- discussion you have about black and white. That mm-hmm. um, tape and disc are effectively exactly the same thing. That whether whether you've got data stored on, you know, magnetic on magnetic tape, or whether you've got it stored on magnetic disc, it's just data stored on magnetic media. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now. Disk is optimized for online um, online access. So obviously, you're not if 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 you're the Bank of America and you're running a you know an online system um, for your customers, you're not going to run your online system on tape. Yeah, that would be right. insane. No one would ever suggest that you do that. Um, you, of course, you put it on disk because disk is designed for that quick access. Right now, tape. Tape is the same as disk. It's, it's inside. It's exactly the same. But it's on, on a, a stream of tape. And the reason it's on a stream, like a, a long length of tape, is that it's optimized for sequential access. You start right. at the front and you go to the end. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the disk is a lot more expensive because it's got a motor. It's got to be powered all the time. Um, in a data center, for every kilowatt of power you put into running computers, you have to put another kilowatt of power into cooling the computers. Right. So disk is a big part of heat load in the data center. So disk starts off more expensive to start with. Um, you've then got to power it, and you've got to cool it, and then you've got to manage it. Whereas tape... Tape is designed for you to archive data off or to back data up to a sequential sequential medium, which you can then take offline, put in a near-line tape robot, or if need be, take offline and put in some racks or send off to Iron Mountain or Recall or, or one of their competitors. Um, right. So really, they're, 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 they're different adaptations of exactly the same thing. Now... Just as my computer today has no spinning disk in it, that you know my computer has got solid state disk in it. You know a lot of computers these days are solid state. There is no spinning disk. There's no magnetic medium at all in my computer. Well, mm-hmm. in in the near future, 
you could find that tape technology moves away from you know magnetic uh, magnetic strips of tape that a tape itself might be full of you know NAND memory like a USB stick. Mm-hmm. So really, what it becomes then is it becomes uh, the the world of the online, the world of the near line, and the world of the offline. And yeah, the the benefit of near line and offline technology is that you don't need the complexity. Um, of things like you know motors and electronics, and you don't need power, and you don't need air conditioning. Once you've written data to a tape, that tape sitting in a rack in the data center takes up no power and takes it creates no heat load that needs to be cooled. Right. So you know we're kind of you know when I first started working in IT, you know I remember as a computer operator. You know, we went from dumb terminals to, you know, PCs. And when we got mm-hmm. PCs, all of a sudden, you could look at an image online. You know, and you can imagine the kinds of images that computer operators were looking at. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, those images take up a huge amount of extra data compared to what textural data does. So mm-hmm. if you think, if, let's say, for instance, if you're a customer of a bank, you know, 20 years ago, the amount of information they might have had on you was, you know, y- your date of birth, your name, um, where you lived, and the, the, the occasional bank transactions that you did. So okay. if you look at for each customer of a bank, that customer, each customer of a bank may have themselves created a few kilobytes of information per year. Okay. Now, what happens is that the, undoubtedly the bank has your mortgage documents imaged. Now, if you've got mm-hmm. a mortgage with a bank and they scan that to a PDF and it's, you know, I got a mortgage recently and, and I think the mortgage documents were probably two inch, inches thick. So if you image those two inch thick worth of mortgage documents alone, they're going to come out at several megabytes. Yeah, so today, right. someone doing business with a bank taking out a mortgage will create the same amount of information that 10,000 bank customers created through their whole life 20 years ago. <laughs> wow. Now, that's just on a mortgage document. If yeah, I, yeah. If I call, the, call the bank, um, chances are they're probably going to record my, my phone call with them. Mm-hmm. That takes up space. Um, if I send if I send my local you know bank manager an email with you know a, a few documents in it, they have right. to back all of that up as well. So oh, yeah. just something that 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 you wouldn't consider to be you know high tech like a bank um, today creates you know tens of thousands more more data than what they used to. Now. That's, that's a bank. If you're someone like Facebook, where you know, you've got people you know, taking photographs of what they're having for lunch and uploading, right. uploading it into Facebook, <laughs> those people are generating a huge amount of data. And oh, still, yeah. that, that data has basically gone from textual data 20 years ago to image and voice recordings five years ago to, you know what will soon be full stream video. Right. And that takes up a huge amount of data. Now, the amount of data that takes up 
just won't fit in disk. Um, it, it's interesting. I, I wrote a, a LinkedIn article yesterday about the use of RFID technology in, in, in for tracking computer backup tapes. Right. And someone someone posted a reply saying, you know, of course we can track computer backup tapes with RFID because supermarkets are already starting to, you know, put RFID chips in groceries. Okay. Now, you know, I looked at it and I went, okay, well, I've I've never bought a grocery that had an RFID chip in it. In groceries, right? okay. Yeah, in groceries, <laughs> like the, the, you know, I've 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 never gone, you know, to 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 Target, and I've never gone to Walmart, and I've never gone to Costco, and I've never bought anything that had an RFID chip in it. Now, maybe if I bought a two hundred dollar pair of Beats headphones, they might have an RFID chip in it. But yeah. when I buy a pineapple, or whether when I buy a loaf of bread at Costco, it doesn't have an RFID chip in it. Yeah, so these guys right. seem to believe that it did. Okay. Now, the thing is, is that, okay, that'd be great. You know, thinking about it, it would be great if, if there was RFID chips and everything, because then you could just go through the, the register at Costco and it would go beep and you'd be mm-hmm. out of there, you know, 20 seconds quicker. Yeah, without right? stopping. But the thing is, is that every RFID chip has a copper antenna in it. Mm-hmm. Now, if you melted down every penny in the United States it would probably produce enough copper to create RFID chips for a week's worth of groceries in the United States. Mm. That's the reality, mm. that it, once you start putting a copper antenna into your box of cornflakes and you have someone finish the box of cornflakes and put that box of cornflakes into landfill, you've lost that copper out of the system. Right. So the reality is, is that there's just not enough copper in the world to start putting RFID chips in your Snickers bar. Right. It just <laughs> doesn't work like that. Yeah. Well, really, the same thing really goes in IT. That in IT, the IT world is not infinite. That right. if 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 you go out and you buy, if you're Google and you go out and buy ten thousand new five terabyte hard drives and you put them in a shipping container and you power them up you need to back all of that up and you need to back it up several times so you need to go and buy another 10,000 or another 20 or another 30,000 hard drives and then you've got to power them and you've got to cool them and you've got to manage them yeah now obviously at some point it becomes you know it becomes worthwhile to go out and buy some tape drives and to buy some tapes back up that data, get it out of the, the, the heat load, get it out of the power load, and take it offline. Um, mm-hmm. The same thing goes for the hospital system, that you know, if you think in your lifetime you know, how many x-rays you've had or you have a CAT scan or you know, a lot of these new technologies, those images take up a huge amount of space. It just doesn't make sense to have that data sitting on a hard drive that's sucking down power and creating heat load. That what you want to do is you want to put it on tape and you just want to get it near line or you want to get it offline. So really, I see that, you know, there's there's potentially going to be a, a huge amount of interest in the IT world going forward in... Um, new technologies that allow you to better manage near-line and offline data. 
And what's mm-hmm. really stopped those from developing is the false belief that tape was going away or that the need for something like tape was going away. Yeah, right. So, you know, for me, selling tape management software, you know, over the last 10 years, it was a hard sell because yeah. you'd, you'd go into someone and you say, look, you've got 100,000 computer backup tapes. You're managing it with an Excel spreadsheet. That's just not going to cut it. You need to look at buying my technology. Well, right. the majority of people would look back at you and go, why would we invest in your technology when we're getting rid of all of our tapes next week? <laughs> well, none of those people ever got rid of their tapes. Yeah. They, they, in fact, they went and they invested in more tape technology. More tapes, right. So what's happened is there's been a vacuum in the, the tape business really for the last, you know, it, the vacuum's been filled probably in the last three to four years. But 10 years before that, there was just this vacuum of people investing in that offline, nearline technology because they couldn't get the capital to, to, to invent these new technologies because all of the people who thought they were in the know were being told that tape was going away. So right. if you look at someone like Iron Mountain, for instance, Iron Mountain bought an electronic vaulting company um, they made a lot of money out of storing computer backup tapes for people. Well, what they they went and told all their salespeople to do was, you know, everyone that's on tape, you need to go out and tell them they need to stop using tape and they need to move onto our electronic vaulting platform. Well, mm-hmm. no one no one did. And in the end, Iron Mountain weren't making any money out of it and they ended up selling out of that electronic vaulting space and then they were left with the tape space again. But right. what they did really was they salted the earth for everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that they, yeah. they, they went out and they told everybody that tape was dead. Their customers didn't buy off on it, but they stopped other people investing. So really, as a business, you know, I suppose for them it kind of worked out neutral because at the same time that they were salting the earth on tape they were also stopping their competitors stopping com- new competitors entering the market which probably you know would have had an effect on them as well so really for them whether or not they would know best whether or not they came out you know better or worse out of it but the one thing that's for sure is that tape is still here right. and that tape tape is growing and the need for something tape like is bigger than it ever used to. So really, in a way, the more successful disc is, the more mm-hmm. important it is for tape to be successful. Got it. Um, and there's just really not that, that level of understanding out in the marketplace because people have been told that everything can go on disc. Gotcha. And um, looks like we have run to the end of the segment, um, Gerard. I thought this was just um, the end of part one. I'll have to get you in for part two, I guess. (laughs) Well, this was a wealth of information, and I feel like I am much more smarter about tape technology. And, you know, my mindset had changed regarding tape uh, since I used to work for uh, one of the vendors that used to preach tape is dead. Um, But, you know, I, I have a new respect for tape. And like I said, it's it definitely has a place and a need, and it's it should be around for a long time to come. 
Um, so once again, I would like to thank you for um, your interview and participating in the show. Well, look, and I'd just like to thank you for allowing me to be on your show. And I just wanted to sure. say that I think it's great that you, you've started this podcast because it's something I think that's, you know, the backup space is very niche, but even mm-hmm. even niche people need someone like you to, to start talking about the things that we do. Exactly. Even if my voice is, is so deep and it sounds like I'm starting a yoga show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I appreciate your time once again, and um, we'll talk to you next time. All right. Thank you. Thanks. See you later. Bye. All righty. Bye-bye.